Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Haman. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket, or tournament bracket, is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate debate matchups. In these special mini-episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little old me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even-handed manner. Two, unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we will only be debating four items here. That means two semifinal matchups and then a final face-off to take the crown. Lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully, we have the man himself, Graham Zima, over here on the knobs just to call me out in case I start stalling out of sheer indecisiveness. That's the end of our rules and the beginning of our game. The topic this week is Netflix original adult animated comedies. Boy, that's a lot of qualifiers. But... If there's anything that the streaming wars have given us, it's great, mature cartoons that aren't The Simpsons or a Seth MacFarlane project. What a a breath of fresh, fresh air. Some of these shows are like the Sunday night or Adult Swim type programs in some ways. Many hit a little bit harder tackling bold character arcs and critical current issues. And you can watch all of these now on Netflix, hashtag not sponsored. We have Tuka and Birdie tussling with Big Mouth, and then Disenchantment declares war with Bojack Horseman. The best of these shows will be crowned the true tune. So, let's jump right into it with our first semifinal match. We have Tuka and Birdie going up against Big Mouth. First and foremost, RIP Tuka and Birdie. I really hope that some network or platform resurrects this show because it is fan-freaking-tastic and more people need to watch it. At the end of the day, that I hopefully hopefully that speaks volumes because I'm not really the audience for Tuka and Birdie. The creator, the brilliant Lisa Hanawalt, really wrote the show for 20 and 30-something women. And I hope people of that description and beyond go and check out the show and I hope it resonates with them. I hope they find something special that they can connect to there. And it's great because this is clearly the target of the show, but there's no doubt that I enjoyed the hell out of it. This is the best animated, like the best animation out of all these four shows. Tuka and Birdie has absolute stellar, fantastic animation. The title sequence alone is really bizarre and flowing. There's the characters morph and scenery dances. The world is very much alive. Even the words a Netflix original at the very beginning opening title card wiggle a little bit and look like sort of hand sketched. It's wonderful. Throughout the show, perspectives and colors are played with constantly. There's nightclub scenes where colors are inverted and lines are colored, and there's flashback sequences that play out like storybooks. It's really beautiful. It's the only way I can really describe it is like if the busy world of Richard Scarry had a baby with Homestar Runner, and they that baby just had a heaping helping of hallucinogens. It's It sounds crazy, but it's really pleasantly disarming and at the heart of this show we have Tuka voiced by Tiffany Haddish and Birdie voiced by Ali Wong two brilliant comedians 
Tuca is an enthusiastic party animal, literally, that works odd jobs and is generally quirky. She, more critically, just quit drinking and is trying to become more independent from her condescending wealthy aunt. Bertie is an anxious young professional with a talent for baking on the side. She's balancing her own ambitions with her relationship with a comparatively tame architect boyfriend named Speckle, who is voiced fantastically by Stephen Young. Now, Tuka and Bertie are no longer roommates, and they're sort of forging their own paths for the first time. Probably a familiar experience for a lot of us. And together and separately, they address topics like codependence, sobriety, balance in relationships, whether those are romantic or otherwise, childhood trauma, and oftentimes between the two of them, forgiveness. This, all these things are not addressed in the often brutal, sludgy way that its visual sibling, Bojack Horseman, does. It's more sprightly, bold, and colorful in a really encouraging way. Basically, if you take the shows and you make them into shapes, Tuca and Birdie feels like a very constant upward trajectory. And Bojack Horseman, again, it's a visual compliment, sort of feels like this uh, agonizing cyclical process. A necessary one, and don't worry, I'll be singing Bojack's praises here in a little bit. Don't take that out of context. But Bojack's not going up against Tuca and Birdie. Big Mouth is. Oh boy, Big Mouth. Okay, I'm really glad this show exists, but I am not sure who it is for. One of my friends notes that the show is definitely entertaining for grown adults who can handle or appreciate crude, crude humor. Boy, is it crude. And the show addresses topics and problems in a way that many preteens and teens need to hear. But the humor really isn't for them. So who do we show Big Mouth to? I don't know. So uh, let's let's move past that for a minute. The show really does strike an incredible balance. It's relentlessly funny, really fast-paced, and we have wonderful voice performances here. There's, of course, my favorite, Jordan Peele as the ghost of Duke Ellington, and that's just a side character. This That's just the surface of the iceberg. There's a number of songs in this series that are just hilarious. There's there's a song sung by a villain in the second season, and the villain's the embodiment of shame. If those two things, the ghost of Duke Ellington, voiced by Jordan Peele, and a singing embodiment of the idea of shame don't sell you on the show, I don't know what will. And the show, at the end of the day, isn't just these ridiculous ideas. It has powerful moments. Spoilers incoming. Like when Jesse voiced by Jesse Klein, sees her parents battle through a divorce. Or when Andrew, voiced by one of my favorites, John Mulaney, ends his friendship with Nick, voiced by Nick Kroll. It's also cool that a lot of these anecdotes of these pubescent teens are loosely based on the lives of Nick Kroll and his writer friend Andrew Goldberg. Talk about bearing your soul in a productive manner. This entire show is bearing a lot, let me say. Nick and Andrew, the two main characters, um, and of course, the reality, Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg, likely grappled, grappled with their era of puberty, and this was their way to help others through their own experiences and troubles. That said, the show is ugly. Purposefully ugly, I think. 
but ugly. The character designs are really bug-eyed with these odd sort of mouth designs. Imagine something between Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. There's tons of nudity and gore, I guess. It's bodily fluids. And it, like I said, it's just overall very crass. Not without purpose, but it can turn a lot of people off. And that's the crux of this for all me, all for me. It's so profoundly difficult to recommend this show to anyone. Tuga and Birdie has its own little weirdness going on, but the show is ultimately about two women taking on the world. Big Mouth is mostly about weirding you out with characters coming in second place behind the jokes and behind the crassness. The key with a lot of these adult animated comedies and ones that aren't even on Netflix anywhere, it's the question of whether the jokes serve the characters or the characters serve the jokes. Tuka and Birdie is firmly in the first category with the characters being served by the jokes. The characters come first and foremost in that writing. Big Mouth too often lapses and falls into that latter category of the characters being compromised for the sake of laughs. I think the biggest example of this is the character named Coach Steve. He's just a bumbling buffoon who I can't believe he's still alive. He's just so deeply moronic. And then, of course, we have one of the more central characters, Jay, who's just incredibly sexual to a fault. <laughs> it can definitely turn some people off. They're showing some, showing some growth in with these characters. Coach Steve is used more sparingly in season three, which just came out. And Jay is becoming more of just a gross punchline. He's becoming more caring and uplifting to his family. Cool moments in season three, but I don't know if it's quite enough. I think more is needed. So hopefully season four takes that direction. So check out Big Mouth if you have a strong stomach, but um, if you like the writers and comedians, you can certainly uh, check that out for that reason as well. Or if you just want a no-punches-held perspective on human sexuality, Big Mouth is for you. But Tuca and Birdie seems much bigger in terms of the themes it tackles and in terms of the artistry with which it presents those themes. Again, just much bigger and a more heavy lifting force, I suppose. So, Tuca and Birdie shuts up Big Mouth and flies into the finals. Next we have Disenchantment entering the ring with BoJack Horseman. So, to be frank, Disenchantment has been pretty disappointing for me. This is, of course, a, a Matt Groening project, and I like The Simpsons and Futurama a lot, don't get me wrong. But Disenchantment, at the end of the day, just isn't as funny as those two shows, or even the other shows on this list. Uh, it's getting there in season two, which I'm about halfway through. With some pretty witty, silly, surprising jokes. You know, the kind of thing that we're used to in The Simpsons and Futurama. But otherwise, it really just produces tiny little chuckles. Further, the lower building of the world, the thing I was excited about with Disenchantment, has sort of been left by the wayside. There were indications that they were going to move in that direction, but... Spoilers, Bean's mother, the main character's mother, has played a smaller role in the second season than I expected that she would. I'm only about halfway through the second season, as I said, so no spoilers there if that impression happens to change. And they're getting more into the Dreamland family history with 
Bean's half-brother and the expanding role of elves and the history of Lucy, the little demon voiced by Eric Andre. But I just need more. So far, the show is just a little bit of everything, but not enough of anything. Bojack, on the other hand, is the most overwhelming show I have ever watched, and that's why I think it is, again, to be frank, the greatest show I've ever seen. Nothing has felt so confrontational of everything awful about people, and yet at the same time, hopeful at the end of the day. If you haven't watched BoJack Horseman, I will just run through some of the themes the show explores across its current five and a half seasons. I think the next, the first half of the final season is coming out tomorrow, so very exciting. Go check that out. But it explores a number of themes, and it explores them well, and here are just a few. Nostalgia, substance abuse, celebrity, child celebrity, news media, creativity, legacy, self-loathing, self-analysis, commitment, work relationships, consent, dreams and aspirations, guilt, anger, sexual harassment, abortion, sexuality and asexuality, political personalities, racism, sexism, death and dying, memories, heritage, parenthood, childhood, family, gun violence, darkness in fiction, adoption, phone apps, sponsorships, feminism, rehab, repentance, redemption, and self-actualization. Reminder, this it tackles all of these things in compelling ways. Many shows strive to tackle one of these issues in depth in their lifetime, and BoJack does it all. BoJack doesn't just aimlessly dive into these issues, though. It has built up a really strong cast of characters with which to explore these ideas, including BoJack himself, who is voiced by Will Arnett, who just disappears into this role. Princess Carolyn, BoJack's cat agent going through a bit of a midlife crisis. Todd Chavez, an entrepreneurial and endearing stoner type. Diane Nguyen, a pragmatic and passionate writer experiencing her own growth, and Mr. Peanut Butter, a deceptively giddy golden retriever character with some profound demons and flaws. Bojack is the kind of show I want to write someday. Something that doesn't shy away from silliness or seriousness, but dives into them both appropriately and equally and to the advancement of our own analysis of our human experience. Disenchantment, on the other hand, is nothing to aspire to, really. I like the characters well enough. We have, of course, uh, we have the aforementioned Bean, uh, Elfo, Lucy, King Zog, Queen Una, and others, but none of them are really pushed me or surprised me. Even the world that they live in, Dreamland, and some of the surrounding kingdoms, is fine enough, playful with the twists on high fantasy tropes and that sort of thing. None of these things, though, have revealed anything about me personally. Now, that's not saying that every show needs to be a therapy session, but those that are tend to have a big impact on how we, not just us here at Zoom Podcasting Network, create future art. I don't think Disenchantment will be referenced in every or maybe even any adult animated comedy show from here on out. I'm fully convinced that Bojack will be. So, with that being said, Bojack tramples Disenchantment to charge on to the final round. 
for the title of the true tune we have Tuca and Birdie versus Bojack Horseman. Major props to Lisa Hanawalt for being one of the major creative forces behind both of these excellent cartoons. Let's give a little golf clap for her. Hopefully that sounded sincere because it truly, truly is. I really admire her work here. Both programs, besides having anthropomorphic characters, uh, achieve far more than what most people would think cartoons are capable of, to- of today. Both are absolutely, positively, undeniably worth a watch. So let's go into this final round with that qualification. I really sang Bojack's praises just a few moments ago, so let's talk Tuka and Birdie's strengths over Bojack Horseman here. Firstly, Tuka and Birdie's animation, like I said, is just better than everything else on this bracket, even Bojack's. It has a certain fluidity and playfulness that Bojack's does not have. Tuka and Birdie definitely takes more advantage of being a cartoon and the overall medium of animation. Secondly, I like Tuka and Birdie's character designs a little bit better. Uh, Let me give an example. In the main character's apartment building, they have a neighbor who is a houseplant with a human body. It is the most weirdly compelling creature I've ever seen on a show like this, and I adore Lisa Hanawaltz and the other rest of the team's willingness to go so strange with some of their characters. And thirdly, Tuka and Birdie is just a, just an easier watch than Bojack Horseman. It's not that it's simpler or that it's less intelligent. It's just a more joyful show with a lighter tone. More often than not. So, are any of these three aspects enough to topple Bojack? And my love for Bojack. <laughs> it's really difficult to say because we're comparing a one-season show, Tuka and Birdie, to a five-and-a-half-season show. Bojack. Bojack was given the time to properly grow, whereas Tuka and Birdie unjustly was not. Hashtag save Tuka and Birdie. Bojack simply has too much content and too much story and too much character for me to say that Tuka and Birdie is better. Neither show really has enough flaws to hold them back, but at the end of the day, we should talk about which one I would recommend first to more people because I would definitely recommend both but which one would I recommend first to more people let us put it this way the only people I would not recommend Bojack Horseman to is anyone sensitive to dark content I think it consistently has enough important lessons we can all learn from let me share my favorite with you this is Todd's iconic speech to Bojack in his apartment after a series of unfortunate events. I will now recite it. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about yourself like that makes it okay. You need to be better. You are all the things that are wrong with you. It's not the alcohol or the drugs or any of the shitty things that happened to you in your career or when you were a kid. It's you. All right? It's you. Fuck, man, what else is there to say? Aaron Palma probably did much better performing that than me, but this is one of the harsh realities of BoJack Horseman, and they talk about it in the very first episode. This is the one of the harsh realities of life, that we are responsible for our own happiness and often our lack thereof. We are accountable for the life that we live. Tuca and Birdie has wonderful lessons too, but not one so all-consuming and ever-critical as this. I would recommend it to 
many of my close friends or anyone who is interested in exploring and writing female relationships. But the things that Bojack addresses need to be discovered and understood by everyone in some capacity, I think. Cartoons are often considered blindly escapist, strictly imaginative, or even innocent. But these two shows, and I think Bojack just a little bit more so, are more privy to the realities of our world and our lives than any piece of media that I'm aware of. For that reason, Bojack Horseman is the true tune, the best Netflix original adult animated comedy. I would highly encourage you to check out both Bojack Horseman and Tuka and Birdie. If something about Big Mouth or Disenchantment fascinated you too, I think those are both worth a watch as well. But overall, hopefully you see the incredible value that I see in these streaming platform shows. As always, thank you for joining me on this mini episode of Who You Got. Don't miss a single episode when you follow Who You Got on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for any episode, anytime. I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me run through the gauntlet of the bracket. Then, of course, wherever you're listening, please review, like, and share. Five-star ratings are great. Your thoughts and suggestions are great. Your friends and family joining the party would be the greatest. Thank you again for joining me on this on this mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. We'll see you next time. <laughs>